The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. We welcome our online listeners. We have been in the middle of a mini-series on universalism. I cannot tell you the fun I've been having dialoguing with those people who decide to text or call on 602-292-2982. I've had some very interesting emails, a few interesting texts, and even a couple phone calls. Even from some of our brothers and sisters in Africa, who do not understand, by the way, the American movement of universalism. Universalism is not a popular theology in most countries in Africa, and I find that very interesting. The topic of universalism is popular in Africa and in Europe because of one single reason. So podcasters, please listen very, very, very carefully. Universalism is popular in Europe and America for one single reason. Any country where the primary religion is based on a single God. You would think all these pathways leading to one God. Well, their thing is, is it's one God to them, not multiple gods. Or Africa, you find strange different religions, but there's usually a single God a single pathway, a single religion. What was birthed out of Europe and the north part of the Middle East was a movement that is called the Masonic Movement. It never used to be called the Masonic Movement. It was a part of an age that was called the Age of Enlightenment. And the Age of Enlightenment was a group of people who were into the light of religion. The freedom of religion. So the idea of freedom of religion means the freedom of whoever that God is at the top of their pile. So when the Masons, for example, down the street here have their monthly meeting, they have a little table in the center of the room, typically. One meeting, they may have the Christian Bible sitting on the table. In another meeting, they may have a Mormon Bible sitting on the table. In another meeting, they may have the the Koran sitting on the table. In another meeting, and on and on and on, because what they are communicating in their Masonic meetings is freedom of religion. So the reason why that universalism is incredibly popular in Europe and in America is because those are the two territories on the planet that are into the Age of Enlightenment. Masons. You can take almost any small town in America and drive through that town up and down the streets and you're going to find something very interesting. There's a street named Jefferson. They are Grand Poobal Masonic leaders. The country of America by each of these small communities was literally put together as missionaries from the Masonic movement. And they move into a territory 
They set up their structure. First thing that goes up is their temple. Politics comes from them. Money comes from them. Freedom of religion in that community comes from them and so forth and so on. That's how it works. So it's progressed so far nowadays that what was done in these Masonic lodges is now the traditions of the church in general. See, whatever this social issue is that is in the church, let's put that on the table. So anyone who's a part of that particular movement is accepted in their beloved. How annoyed I was yesterday when I saw a picture of the White House under the orders of our president to light the entire White House up in the gay colors of the rainbow. The picture went viral that a president of this country would say, here's what we support, no matter what your God is. Even if you are your own God, we're in for it. Anytime the White House puts their stamp of approval on something, it will become a standardized way of living the following year. That's the importance of leadership. The next president could try to undo that picture, and it is not going to happen. Once something goes viral, once that Bible is put upon that table and it's released... There's no way of undoing society. You cannot reverse a progressive society. You can't. So all these people that are on this march to win United States of America back to the Christian God, I appreciate your efforts, but it is not going to happen. You see, as soon as they release their hands from that abortion bill, there have been fighting of dynamic, indwelt Christians to try to win that back. It will never happen. And now this new bill that they're working on for euthanasia, once that baby gets approved, you might not see 80 years of age. And if you have a handicapped child, you may not have the prerogative of raising that handicapped child. The Illuminati is the highest order of the Masonic orders. It's the Luciferian Society. The Luciferian Society are the people of the light. And the reason why the Universalists use the term light, literally in their banners, in their logo, in their speech or whatever, is the Luciferian Society. 602-292-2982. The Illuminati is the highest order of the Luciferian race. The Luciferian race is to be pure bloodlines of a particular race that we're going to be speaking of over the next few weeks. Now, if I was you and I was uneducated, I would probably be thinking right now, this sounds like a conspiracy. Well, I'm here to tell you, fellow researchers, you know different because you've done your homework, and I appreciate that. I certainly appreciate my new research partner I'm working with, uh, that we are doing this research together on the Rothschild family. Who is usually blamed for the Illuminati? It is not the Rothschild family. 
It is the order of the highest order of all Masons, the Luciferian Society. And it's in this community. It's in that church down the street. If you don't believe me, drive around your community and see how much Age of Enlightenment Luciferian society has been bred into these communities. It's not 90% of the memorials in America that were actually financed and built by the Masons. It's 100% of all memorials. U.S. memorials that were put together by this group. So what has all this got to do with universalism? It's easy. I'm wanting you to connect the dots. Universalism is the fastest growing movement in America today. The people of the light. Jesus Christ is just one of them. But in dwell believers, those people who believe that Jesus Christ lives inside them and who is God are not accepted in the universalist group. It's the only group that they are not accepted. Here's a quote for you today. Not only does the Lord Jesus live in us, but he becomes the gateway of communication between frail humanity and a God of the universe. The impotent views of lawless universalists tout no hell, no judgment, no condemnation. But as the reality of Judgment Day sets in, their morbid beliefs will only become the oil that helps them slide into hell. May the God of the universe save those who use his love to hide their twisted views of self-indulgence. See, that's all Satan wants. He hates God. And anyone who is restless with receiving God hates God. Satan hates God. God, he despises Jesus Christ, who calls himself God. He's been competing with Jesus Christ for a very long time. Have you not read your Bible? Why is Jesus and Satan always having these encounters? Satan is dying halfway of envy of Jesus. The entire inheritance, as we read in our scripture this morning, the entire inheritance of God of the universe has been handed down to Jesus Christ, not to Lucifer or his Luciferian society, but to Jesus. So Satan is going to take his domain here on earth and he's going to turn the entire earth against Jesus Christ. And he starts at this age, right before they enter into adulthood, to develop this callous idea of Jesus Christ being God. And the only way to God is through Christ Jesus. You young men are actually going to see the Luciferian society 
be ushered in by every global leader in the entire world. It's going to happen in your generation. Once a world leader puts his approval on a movement that is going to activate God to destroy it, it's over. You see, as soon as Sodom and Gomorrah made the decision to make homosexuality a normal behavior in those two sister cities that used to be godly cities, it was over. And there was one righteous family left in it. Abraham's brother. And he got them out. And what did he do? Torched them. You see, the next torching that takes place is not going to be just from a, a few asteroids. This whole globe is going to burn. Because the entire world will adopt universalism and accept universalism through the movement of homosexuality. I hope you guys are listening carefully because any society that has adopted homosexuality in history, including the Romans, romantic Romans, romantic originally described homosexuals in Rome. That's where the term comes from. And what happened to Rome? It fell. It burned. What's happening to Europe? Have you been reading about France? Have you been reading about some of these countries who have adopted homosexuality as a lifestyle? Cities are burning. The Muslims despise and hate the Christians who adopt homosexuality. And they're burning their cities. They're burning their families. They're torturing their people. And America just joined them. 602-292-2982. I am telling you today, as a believer and follower and indwelt by Jesus Christ, that my spirit is well worn by Christ himself to say, it is time. And I don't know what that means exactly. And I believe that the homosexual movement is what will be the gateway to usher in universalism into this country. That is a very prejudiced religion. They won't accept us. They are of the Luciferian society, but they're not true universalist. They're very prejudiced, and they're filled with hate. Here's our word for today, anthropology. Now, Jesus actually being anthropology would put a different edge to this thing, which means the created men and women, or to generalize it, mankind, is created from their image. Right? So true anthropology is the study of Jesus Christ. Well, Satan doesn't want that piece of truth out. <laughs> There's no way. 
For the world to actually get that peace that the study of the man of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us so we could behold his glory, it would completely rearrange every university in the entire world. You see, as long as we put the emphasis on anthropology as the study of man, man doing the study on man, it puts the emphasis on man being God. Not on God being God. So that's why we need to take a look at this. This theology, which the study of man has actually become a part of man's theology, we're going to break up over the next month or so the study of man, the study of sin, the study of God in Christ Jesus, the study of universalism is what we have been doing, and that is man's twisted view of how all that makes sense to them. So here we have a deficient theological understanding of God is often closely aligned with humanistic study of man that sets man up to be God or makes God dependent on man. God dependent on man. You know, mo one of the most annoying things for me as a pastor and as a, as a counselor is to listen to someone who is praying these name it and claim it, stab it and slab it prayers. They think by their prayers they are moving God. When someone dies, when someone's born, if they die, if they're born, if they're, if they, you know, are, are struggling with something, if they're not, if they're, to listen to people who order God around like he's some kind of being that is to submit to them is a part of universalism. But see, they don't understand that because what they're thinking is, I do this because of a book I read on the rights of a Christian. Or maybe their pastor is a prosperity doctrine pastor and you think that just has to do with the money in their church. You're really fooling yourself because prosperity doctrine comes from universalism and the prosperity of this country, the freedom of capitalism, comes from universalism. Universal thought. Everyone has the right to claim what they believe to be the truth. So you have all these Christians ordering God around like he's some kind of puppet. Instead of appealing to God in your prayers for his holy will and you accepting his holy will and you being given the resources in Christ Jesus to walk out his will, we order him around like he's some kind of fourth grade kid. There is nothing righteous about prosperity prayers. Nothing. And when I listen to people ordering God around like he's a fourth grader, I have to sit there and pray for them in such a way that we are appealing, Lord, to your holy will. Thy will be done. It doesn't say my will be done by getting God to change his mind to join my will. That's universalism. It's everywhere. 
Correct understanding to man must recognize that the Creator God is self-existent. He stands alone. He doesn't need us. So when you think about why in the world does God send 90% of all created beings to hell? He sends 602-292-2982. He sends 100% of all of your vegetation, your animals, any life form. He sends them to the pit of destruction. There's no trees going from this earth to the new one. There's no dogs going from this earth to the new one. And there's no humans going from this earth to the next. Unless they go through one particular gate. They have to die spiritually. They're going to die physically. No one is going to ever escape that. Not even the two prophets who were, who were taken off this earth supernaturally. They have to come back in the end, do they not? And they have to what in the street? They have to die in the street. Everyone has to die, including Jesus Christ. Nobody escapes that but the God of the universe. He's the only one. So if that is the single-minded, narrow, fundamental believer, I pray those of you who are listening, you stay like that. Because the universal society that's coming the next five years, you thought we grew faster than ever before in 2014, which is a true statement. There was more Depraved thinking and decisions made in 2014 than any year in entire world history. You thought 2014 shook your boots. Wait till 2016. You will see things you never thought you would see in your generation. Usually when a country makes a decision like that or a human makes a decision like that to tie their sin in with a doctrine, it's, you may make the choice to sin and God will understand that. All of us do. But when you tie your sin in with doctrinal beliefs of acceptance, you've moved God into turning you over to a depraved mind. Romans chapter 1. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God. For they started speculating their own worldview. Therefore, God turned them over to a depraved mind, turned them over to their flesh. And then it lists 18 items of what their flesh manifested. Well, just read that chapter, Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 18 to the end of the chapter, and put your country's name in there. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. That's where I get that theology. Instead of the you, put United States of America. Instead of the you, put Europe. Instead of the you, put India. Instead of the you, put Israel. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. 
The United States of America is number two nation that has legalized homosexuality. What was the first? Israel. Israel. And since Israel's decision, cities have been burning, there's been destruction, there's been wars, there's been rumors of wars. God is beginning to purify his own capital city. These are serious decisions that are made that have serious ramifications. The modernized legal necessities of universalistic thought regard humanity as the necessary object of God's action. Whether it is his love, his doctrines or decrees, his covenants, his incarnational reality, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, or his personhood of being God. The universalists use God like he's some kind of pawn. That's all you need to remember about that paragraph. The humanistic premise of man as a self-existing, independent self, that is the foundational premise of most universalistic thought, is contrary to an indwelt Christian understanding of man. It's total opposite. But there are some of you indwell believers that still pray like you're ordering God around like he's a fourth grader. God, I claim in your name that this person's illness gets delivered and the, the, uh, the, the prosperity of the, having a new car. You're telling the God of the universe to write you a check. And you know what God usually does with people like that? Writes them a check. It says, get out. That's the story of the prodigal son. That son was saying, write me a check, Dad. I have rights. I am tired of you. I'm tired of your religion. I'm tired of your territory. I'm tired of your farm. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Write me a check. And God goes, fine. And writes him a check and says, out. Oh, that's not a loving God. Really? Spoiled children are annoying because you're saying, I am God, I am the universe, everything focuses around me. Do you not know that? That young person is a setup for universalism. You talk to these universalists and they are so self-indulgent, you want to throw up. You're like, do you, do you really believe this? That you have the power to tell God what to do? Do you really believe this? And they do. Darwin's mother was a universalist pastor. Darwin's father was a conservative fundamentalist Christian. Darwin was pulled throughout his entire childhood to joining educational beliefs of his mother versus educational beliefs of his father. Darwin had entered in conservative uh, theological seminaries twice in his career to try to honor his father. Who won? The mother always wins religion. Women are the representative of the Holy Spirit. Women are the representative of the spiritual values in the home. So mama's boys, listen to me very carefully. You better question 
You better study. You better listen very carefully to make sure your mother is speaking the truth. They did a survey, and I was a part of the survey, of a church in Colorado Springs. This pastor and I and three other pastors were in a pastoral Bible study together. We decided to do a survey in a conservative Baptist church in Colorado Springs, a large one, and a charismatic church, which Ted was a pastor of, a very growing charismatic church. In this survey, we wanted to find out who chose the church. Listen very carefully. Here's what we found out. Now, both pastors in our little small group were very open to doing this because they were curious themselves. Now, Ted's church had grown to 1,200 people. I think now they're a little over 30,000. Then there was this conservative Baptist group. And here's what we found. The greatest percentage of those parental family members who chose the conservative doctrinal church were the men. And over here, over 90% of the parental figures within the home was the ladies picking the charismatic church. That was a startling piece of survey for us five pastors sitting around that table. That conservative doctrines men are traditionally drawn to, whereas liberal universal doctrines women are typically drawn to. Why do you think Satan went after Eve? It wasn't that she was less than. I think it was because she was more than. Open to a little more than. The whole idea of men not stepping up to be men, and because they are mama's boys from the 50s, they're mama's boys from the 70s, they're mama's boys from the 80s, they're mama's boys from the 90s. Stay with me. The whole universalist society and the fact that that over 80% of these churches are actually female pastoral leaders is not accidental in the Luciferian society. But what they don't realize is when it's all said and done, they are going to be required to fall on their face and worship one male leader or another. Satan is a he. Jesus is a he. They have to keep the rules of the universal order of God, whether they like it or not. But when you release that, that gate to universalism to be free to be who they say they are when they're not free, there is no better deception. There's no better deception to get people to think they are independent and self-reliant and able to choose their own religion their own God, whether it's them or whether it's the Luciferian leader. It doesn't matter. The idea of this whole thing working in society is to get people to think we are the people. We are the God. We are the gods. When in reality, 
the leader is sitting back behind his little table laughing because he knows how it's all going to end. So when you do correspond with me, you say, you're just a conspiratorial pastor. You're just this. You're just that. And I'm going to respond to you. I'll let you in on it ahead of time. Really? I believe in a well-documented God that has proven himself thousands of times to mankind. Put me in a furnace and burn me. Because Christ won't burn. But you put Satan in a furnace, the fiery furnace of hell, that whole thing of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then that fourth person in that furnace? Hmm. They represent us being able to go through the flames that are coming. But it also represents the furnace being the pit of hell. Can you think of one of your relatives who refused to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who will burn in that furnace and they will stay half burned forever and ever and ever and ever and it will never stop? God has proven who he is, and we must accept who he is accordingly. So indwell Christian study of man is unique in its assertion that the creator God created man. We didn't create him. And whoever does the creating gets to actually tell the created one what to do. Someone please tell me what it looks like in a family. This is a real question. What does it look like in a family where the mommy and daddy have no rules for their kids? Chaos. Chaos is one of the 13 names of Satan. That's kind of a duh to me. So when you have a self-indulgent religion called universalism, who are these people? And what families do they come from? Can you imagine, stay with me on this listeners, can you imagine taking every spoiled child, male and female, in the entire world and putting them under one denomination? It's called universalism. It's filled with spoiled brats. That's universalism. Don't you tell me what to believe. Don't you tell me who I am. Don't you give me a bunch of rules from your God. Don't you... It's a spoiled child standing as a counselor watching this spoiled child order his mother around like she's a dog. That's what it is to me. And you want to get God to move and change a little bit? Forget your prosperity prayers. If God watches your son or daughter order you around like you're a dog, oh, he'll change on how he handles that child. And that, I'm wanting you to see, is about to happen to this universal society. There's one thing that God is not into, and that's spoiled children. Spare the rod, 
spoil the child. Spoil the child, they'll spare the rod. In other words, everything's fine. Whatever you want to believe. Most of you as listeners won't even give that a second thought when I'm done with this message. You will not realize that one single decision, what it has done to this Rome, I mean America. You will not. And then all my sharing and talking about warning you week after week after week that the, this whole cult, this world religion called universalism is being set up through your spoiled brats is not even going to bother most people. Because they're going to say, he's judgmental, he's this, he's that, or whatever. Because you're already in it. If you're already adopting universal thought, this, what I'm telling you, is judgmental. I'm not loving. I'm not caring for you and accepting you. But I'm here to tell you, folks, and if you are parents of a spoiled child, I'm here to tell you, that I am not interested in having a church that looks like your kids. I want no part of it. I'm interested in being a part of a church where the children are actually respective of God of the universe. I want to be a part of a church that the children actually respect Jesus Christ as God and the only pathway to get to heaven. And if you've bought into some universal thought that you're going to get to heaven and experience all the benefits of the new earth and you despise Jesus Christ, you're being lied to because you're not going to make it. One of the blunt realities that Janie and I pray over, pray through, talk about is the fourth element of the proof of salvation. There's four of them. What are they again? You shall know them by their... You should know them by their deeds. You should know them by their fruit. And those who... Those shall be... If you think you got the first three because you're part of the universal church, you got love down. Remember their, their video advertisement I've been showing you? They got love down. They got fruit down. They got deeds down. But those who endure to the end, you put a match to half of those universalists and they're going to burn like rice paper. That's the sobering reality. Man's separation from God is founded in the premise that God created humans as choosing God doing the choosing of the creature. Human freedom of choice is not to be equated with any absolute sense of free will, which would deny human Design the way God actually designed humans. Free will is not limitless free will. So if you are a free will believer, it doesn't stop there. I still have to ask you the question, are you a limitless free willer? Or are you a limited free willer? Because I've been given this thing called a cortex in my brain, which makes decisions within my brain. To walk across that street or not walk across that street. To look both ways or not look both ways. But if I think that I have a limitless free will and I can choose whether I go to heaven or hell or not, whether I can receive Jesus Christ or not, 
You are not of good theology. The scriptures make it very clear to us that it's not us who chose Christ, but Christ chose us. But our choosing to receive that touch is given to us. So predestination makes sense to me, and free will theology makes sense to me. It's actually a combination of the two. I have chosen you. It's the person's choice on whether they're going to receive the touching. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. That is a choice to respond to the touching. That's how gentle our Christ is. And most people go, leave me alone. And he honors it. And that is a hard theological thing to understand for some people who like to hang out over at Calvinism or hang out over at the free willers. When in reality, it is both. God's limitless and absolute free will is free to function in so creating man with the freedom of choice. For he desired a personal relationship with man through a man's freely chosen faith, love, dependency on his son. You see, you can choose to get married. And you can choose whether you're going to have an intimate marriage or if you're going to have a detached marriage. True? But does it change the law that you're to stay married until death parts you? Do you see what's happened to us? It was God's choice on marriage. Whom God has joined together, let no man separate. It's immovable. It's his decision. It is not your decision to rearrange the doctrines of a family. Boys. Girls. It's done. It's finished. The decrees and the doctrines and the laws are in place. Now how you respond to them is your choice. So I can choose to have an intimate marriage with my wife or I can choose to have a detached marriage with my wife. God said, your choice. And you'll die detached and still go to heaven. But you see, to choose whether my marriage is anointed and commissioned and protected under the covenant of God is not my choice. So therefore, stay with me, listeners. If I fall out of love with someone, I think I have the same choice to rearrange the eternal doctrines of that marriage and divorce them. That's playing God. That's why the emergent church works so well because the, the decisions about marriage had to change before the Luciferian society could have control over that society. You see, Satan's not married to anybody. He's jealous. Whereas Christ is married to someone. Us, the bride of Christ. Jealousy is horrible sin. He's not getting the goods he wanted. And he's pitching a fit. He's a spoiled child. But see, when Satan throws a fit, <laughs> you'll know about it. The worst thing, the worst grief I've been told by any human on the face of the earth is dealing with a child who's thrown a fit. 
They feel like they can't do anything. They can't change them. They can't instruct them. They can't settle them. There's nothing they can do. So they stick them in the room and lock the door or some do worse things or whatever. They isolate them. So these kids end out on the street. And they become gang leaders or they become their own gods or they be, walk around in parades dressed like women or they, they become their own god. They all got together and they started a church. It's called the Universal Society. And there's a male leader at the top of that pile. He just happens to be an angel of light. Luciferian light. What are these gals going to do who thought they were the king of the pile for generations and have been world leaders and have been leaders of churches and blah, 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 when he steps out of his little dark closet, as handsome as can be, and he says, get on your knees and worship me. A man. The Antichrist will not show up as a woman because he can't change the rules of engagement. You think you changed the rules of God's engagement of marriage, but you haven't. God's the one who establishes the order of marriage, and we can't rearrange it. We can make choices within those marriages to receive love, give love, you know, whatever, but we cannot rearrange the doctrines. When you stand before the judgment seat of God, you're going to have every one of your wives lined up there, even if they have two, three, four, five, six husbands behind them. It's not confusing in God's mind. Your first wife, your first husband is the seal. How many you add on throughout your life is your choice. And I know some, even from the Bible, that are going to have quite a few of them, Solomon. And God will hold him accountable to every one of them. And how much of the religion he adopted from each of those women do you remember the story of Solomon? Why he was so universal in his thought? And the Bible even says it was because of your wives. 602-292-2982. God is against divorce. And if you have been divorced once or twice, God still loves you and accepts you as his bridal member. It's not an issue of you losing your salvation if you've been married and divorced. It's an issue of you being able to pass down to your children, spoiled or not, the true doctrines, the decrees, the covenants. You've got to be able to say as a divorced person to your children, mommy was wrong. God is right. Mommy's system is wrong. God's system is right. Daddy's system is wrong. God's system is right. To preserve tomorrow's church, the parents of today have to admit to their sins of managing God to their children. So their children will say, well, my daddy blew it, but I do understand what the true doctrines are. That's how it works. And I've had tons of parents and couples that I've worked with that caught that tiny little three-minute preach I just gave you and went to the children and said, I was wrong for divorcing my first spouse. Sometimes it's their father. Sometimes it's not their father or their mother. 
But the confusion we see in our generations is because of his, hers, ours. There's so much confusion in for our churches because we can't track the lineage, the legacy. I'm just telling you, Satan knows what he's doing. And having multiple parents. Because parents are the God figure for the doctrines of the church. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he gets old, he will not part from them. Well, what if you're training your children up in the ways of universalism? Multiple parents. I have counseled young people in there that have had 7 to 12 parents to deal with. Well, of course they're going to believe in multiple gods in the end. Oh yeah, I had one dad, he was Jew, and I had another dad, he was a nothing, he was an atheist. I had another dad, he was a, well, he beat us all the time, and I'm not sure really what he believed. I guess he was into himself, and I, you see what I'm saying? We make it too complicated when God says, I designed family, one plus one equals one. That's a male, that's a female, equals one. Not one plus eight equals one. Not one plus three equals one. The formula is one plus one equals one. So a lot of people go, how does that work? I thought it would equal two. Man's logic God's logic. Marriage is the absolute core of the entire world. Doctrines of marriage, function of marriage, decisions within marriage, everything has to do in life with marriage. But this whole thing of why we're here is so that God the Father could get a bride for God the Son. And once he gathers his entire bride, rapture, it's over. There's no reason for this earth. Are you with me? Once Jesus has his entire bride, it's over. Everything's going to burn forever. Can you imagine this precious, beautiful little planet? Revelation already talks about what's going to happen to the seas, what's going to happen to the rivers. And then he sets a match to it, cracks it open. There's fire from within, there's fire from without. And then he, he turns out all of the stars in the universe. All of them get turned out after he turns the sun off. And he tosses the earth, these are scriptural verses, into outer darkness forever. And this new earth that doesn't have a sun, S-U-N, because it's lit up with Shekinah glory. The true light, not Luciferian light, but the true light is where indwelt believers will be. And if your grandma and your great-grandma 
and grandfather had Jesus Christ living inside their mortal body, you'll be with them. But if they didn't, you won't. Unless you too made the decision of being one of these individuals that have gnashing of teeth on you for eternity. Think about a dog bite over and over and over for eternity. These are the two things that are given to a non-believer. And fire. When you put your hand into a fire, there's something that happens to your brain. What is it? You have a reaction. So stay with me. Your hand gets put into the fire with your foot, with your entire body, and you can't react forever. That's hell, universalist. The two things you don't like having us talk about is judgment and hell. But I'm here to tell you, whether you got me to shut up or not, whether you killed me or you killed every other fundamentalist that is in the world today, I'm here to tell you, you cannot escape the structure of God. This is going to be proven to you. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is God. Every one of you who hate me and hate every other Bible-thumping preacher, I'm telling you, you're going to fall on your knees and you're going to confess that Jesus Christ is the only way, was the only way, and will continue to be the way for eternity. 602-292-292. A2. The divine external universalism recoils at the thought of faith in Christ Jesus as being the condition of eternal life. Those of you who are universalists, you know what I'm saying to you, that's at the core. There's a condition to salvation. Universalism often began with the universal creation of mankind, which they claim creates a universal harmony, oneness of the Father of God. There's nothing one about you with God if you're trying to get to God outside of Jesus Christ. I am one with God the Father because Jesus is one with God the Father. So likewise, they argue In the new creation of mankind in Christ, mankind is originally and relationally connected as salvation. In other words, it's a universal salvation for them, whereas salvation for us is conditional to go through Christ Jesus. Although their communist approach to the whole of humanity are not completely off, the indwell believer through, stay with me, the indwell believer through the, the new covenant demands an individual response to the inward life of Christ. So body life for us Christians looks a lot like socialism. Okay? We're to be dependent on each other. We're to take care of each other. If I've got you know, a thousand bucks in my savings account and one of the body members needs a thousand bucks and I'm supposed to get that thousand bucks and and give it to a body member. So it looks a little bit communistic. Satanism has used communism to develop their own system, the look-alike system of the body of Christ. And I hope you got that. 
That's what Satan has done. The Luciferian society developed communism to be a replica to deceive people that socialism is a good idea. Extract the real meat out of socialism, you'll actually find the Church of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so appealing. Here's our identity matter statement for today. Universalism twists the biblical and indwelt Christian understanding of the study of man by adopting humanistic premise of man as an independent object requiring God's actions. Or by merging man with God, lifting themselves up as the God. They are the single decision maker. Versus God being God being the single decision maker and they are the responder to it. That's the difference. We respond to God and we all know that. They expect God to respond to them. And there's a lot of Christians that pray like God better respond to them. And that's what I was addressing earlier. So regardless of the starting point, universalists deny that man is responsible choosing creature by insisting on the universal thought of all men, collectively in God's design. The tragedy of the universalist study of man is that humanity is depersonalized and human beings are robbed of the theological opportunity of participating in a freely chosen faith-love relationship with the inward life of Jesus Christ. We've been given the choices to respond to intimacy but we are not given choices of the structure of marriage. Next week, we're going to do part five, and that is going to be the universal view of sin. It's going to be very interesting, and I can assure you. Again, those of you researchers who have asked me to make sure I post uh, the books I've been reading, the articles I've been perusing, the Internet sites that I have been gathering a lot of this information, that is on this PDF file. If you are only listening to the audio message, I would go and print off the PDF file that is in the library. And it will give you the resources of where I gathered information for today's sermon. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.